All right, before we have our uh, guest speaker come up, I want to share Bible classes. And so for the two to three-year-olds, Cynthia and Melissa will be taking them down the hallway. So Cynthia, you're back there, Cynthia back there. So two and three-year-olds, want to go, Cynthia, back there? And then the four to seven-year-olds, uh, Jennifer and Desiree. Jennifer right there. The four to seven-year-olds, go with Jennifer and uh, Desiree. And then for the eight to 11-year-olds, if you would go with Tamara, Tamara and, and Sharon Compton right there. So uh, eight to 11-year-olds. Tamara, where are you? Tamara, right there. Eight to 11-year-olds. Every year, Sharon and I have a, uh, we put on a special uh, dinner for those who are hanging around and can't find any mischief to get into uh, in Eugene. Uh, and I'm not saying you're going to get, you're going to be the mischief, but if you go downtown Eugene, you'll get into mischief. So we uh, open our home up at 2.30 for anybody who wants to come out and hang out and uh, from out of town. And uh, we'll have pulled pork sandwiches and and things like that for folks from out of town. If you don't know where we live, we can uh, give you our our address. Have you got other things to do? Because there's so many wild and crazy things to do in Eugene, Springfield. Just don't be careful to go to Voodoo Donuts. Uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Amy Ferguson got accosted there. And if I weren't for Mike Harbor and, and Mike, her husband, to step in between two really happy little homeless guys that wanted their donuts, it might have been an interesting thing. So, just saying, don't go to Voodoo Donuts, like the name should tell you. But that's okay. You went there unscathed. I'm really glad to hear that. I was a little bit nervous when I found out. But, that being said, 2.30 uh, at our place. We'll hang out there until we got to jump in the car and go out and listen to Phil uh, preach us out of this great series of messages. So, there you go. All right. I want to introduce a, a gentleman that I've known since... Uh, he was in high school in one of my marketing classes. And a, a young man that was a man of great character even back then. And then uh, later on in life, he wanted to know the Lord. And uh, I'm so thankful he gave me a phone call. So uh, he's become an amazing, amazing preacher. I laid hands on him because he has been one who likes to go in and work with people and lay out the gospel plan of salvation. We've been teaming up together in regards to uh, a little bit of evangelism in the local uh, uh, police services and agencies around Eugene Springfield. So really, I'm a pleasure to introduce Brian Bragg. Let's go for Brian Bragg. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. I got to tell you, I was sitting, uh, sitting around yesterday um, just observing, right? Just watching, you know, all the all the games, all the people just talking and and enjoying each other's company, and I just couldn't help but think, right? That's what heaven's going to be like, right? And it's 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 just you know, it's one of those things. I'm I'm around a lot of negativity a lot because of what I do, um, so it's hard sometimes to stay positive and upbeat. Um, on a lighter note, the the couple things that. Uh, I don't know if I would say that I'm scared of but things that kind of freak clowns, right? Anybody? Anybody don't like clowns, you know? Uh, the other thing that kind of, you know, kind of freaks me out is, is people smiling when they sing. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just really odd. Right? Have you ever tried doing it? Like I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm, I'm sitting, I'm like, how? What's wrong with this guy? Like he's smiling and can sing perfectly. You know, it's kind of freaky. But it goes back to I was. You know, I, was, I, I grew up in the, in the 70s and 80s, right? Uh, so I, there was one show, I can't remember what it was, but like the guy was like walking across, like doing this, singing and smiling with the weirdest smile, you know, of uh, this show that I watched. I never liked, you know, guys that smiled and sang, Bill. So, um, so you know, I'll never smile back at you when I'm singing. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think God sets these things up. Um, you know, because this has been a struggle for me this year. Um, you know, I just there's just a lot of negativity that went on this year, um, with with mainly with the job, you know, and, and it definitely drugged me down. Um, and I slid backwards a little bit, you know. And, and it's important, I think, to note that 
that when you are sliding backwards that you recognize it, right? And then put forth the effort to fix it, right? And, and God gives us, uh, you know, everything that we need. So when, when you know, the fear of the Lord uh, brings great reward, right? This, this is something that I was really working on already in my life, right? Looking at all the positive things uh, in my life uh, in Christ, right? Um, Justine, stand up, would you please? She loves it. She loves it when I put, when I point her out, right? <laughs> so it's it's kind of weird, I think, uh, to call your wife a reward. Um, but in, in my case, coming to the Lord, right? Because um, when I first came to the Lord, all I wanted to do was was fix myself, right? I wanted to be a better dad, right? I wanted to be a better man. I was divorced with two small kids, and so I came. I called Bill. I hadn't seen that man in 15 years. And I know some of you heard this numerous times. Um, but I lived it, and it's still hard for me to believe. That, in, that, that 15 years went by from the time I saw that man, that I talked to him. And, and when I decided that it was time to go and fix my life, and that God was probably the answer, that he was, he was the guy I sought out. 15 years, and I remembered that man. I had no idea what I was, what I was seeing, right? So I reached out to him. And it took a while, right? It took, you know, I've, I've shared this before. It took a lot of time. I dialed that number lots of times. I only reached out. I showed up. Began to study. And all I wanted to do, honestly, I, like you said, I wanted to be a better man, a better dad. And I was just going to be the best Christian hunter that you ever saw in your life. That was it. That was my plan. I wasn't planning on getting remarried. I wasn't planning on doing none of that stuff, man. I wanted to go hunt red, red stags in New Zealand and... You know, elk wherever I could, and that was that was kind of my plan. Like, fix me, God, and then I'm just going to go out and do that, you know, and raise my kids. God had a different plan, and that was the different plan right there. So as she stood up and you looked at her, you're like, wow, dude, you married up. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding. But you know what? You know what, fellas? I see a lot of fellas. Yeah, y'all married up, dude. So, you know, so you can't... You can't, you, you, you can't just say that. I mean, you look at these women, right? Well, why? Right? Why, why you look at these women in, in, in a worldly sense, you're like, why would they choose that dude? Right? Like, why, why would she choose a man with two children and 13 years older than her? Why would she do that? Because she wanted a man that feared the Lord. That loved God. Sharon did the same thing. Sharon was engaged, right? Engaged to a man. And decided, that no, that wasn't the guy because he didn't love God. And so Bill's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Swooped right in, right? He's like, hey, Sharon, I love God. I'm over here. I'm right here. Please choose me. <laughs> you know? But why, right? Because he loved God. Right? Why did he choose her? Because she loved God. You know, you young folks, right, that, that haven't got there yet. Love God first. And God's going to provide. I didn't plan on getting remarried. I didn't plan on having three little boys, right? But God did. And he knew I was a selfish man. And when you, when you work as much as I do and you have a wife and five kids, there ain't no time for yourself, man. So God says, I'm going to help you not be selfish anymore. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. Right? And, and my, my last is, as, as I look at, at Ryan and Kayla, and I'm like, man, if, if, this, if this continues on down there, man, you may be way up, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> like. But, and I gotta, and I got to tell you, man, when, since Kayla has come into his life, that dude has just grown up, man. Like, you talk about maturing in the Lord and seeing it happen. You know, um, I got to coach him in football one year, so I've seen him. I've seen him, you know, uh, come up, and I just the, tra the the transition that he's allowed God to make in his life in this in this past year, man. It's just it's been awesome, and that's what fearing the Lord and loving God and finding someone that loves God and choosing the one to, to live your life with that person. It's awesome. That's a reward, Amen. right? That's a reward. 16 years, Jesse and I have been married. I can't believe she still likes me, much less <laughs> is still married to me. You know? We get along great. We get along great. Why? 
But we both focus on the Lord first and then each other, right? How simple is that? This is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. It's some of the simplest stuff that we have to do. It really is. Why? Why? Why, why, why do we make it so difficult? A quote. It's not ours. It's just our turn. Right? It's not ours. It's just our turn. It's our turn right now. Right? God has put us all here for a reason. We're here because he wants us here. Go to Hebrews 11.6. Sue kind of hit on this a little bit. Right, Sue? You, hit, you, you quote this a couple times. I thought you were just going to just take it. But, you know, it's been a day and a half. You probably all forgot what Sue said anyway. So, um, you know, because that happens in family camps. That happens pretty much. I, you know, the other day I joked about, you know, Bill. I don't remember what he, what he preached about last week. You know, it's hard to, right? That's why it's important every day that you what? That you do your own studying. That you do it yourself, right? God's given us everything that he has to. It's up to us to use those tools, right? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. What, right? If one comes to him, must believe that he is and what? He is a rewarder of those, King James, who diligently seeks him. Diligently, right? Without faith. How, how, have you heard that all, all, all weekend? Right? It's not working harder, it's what? Believing more. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Right? You must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seeking him. So we all chose that. It took me a little while. But when I reached out to Bill, what was I doing? I started that process of seeking him. Of finding out who God was. And so I did, right? As most of you have. You were immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. As Acts 2.38 tells us to what? To the forgiveness of sins and what? To receive. Right here it is. Here's the first big one. Because right out of the gate, what's he give you? He gives you the power. He gives it to you right out of the shoe. He forgives your sins and he gives you all the power. All the power to overcome. So why don't we overcome? Because it's our faith. We don't believe that we really have that power to overcome. That we really can be just like Jesus. That we can live just like him. Because in 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says what? If anyone was in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Do you believe? Do you truly believe that old man is dead and that you are a new creation in Christ? Do you really believe that? Go to Galatians 2.20. I have a, a new, new American standard, so some of this is translated a little bit different. And I did it because like, it's getting hard to see. Um, so my wife bought me a giant print. It's not the mega print yet. Um, but but it's big and, and as I look through it um, everything that I've checked out so far it's it's translated correctly it just reads a little bit differently than what you used to if you haven't older so don't don't freak out Galatians 2 20 says I've been crucified with Christ and it's longer I who live but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God not in the Son of God of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me it is now Christ, what? Who lives in me? If you don't understand why that's of instead of in, you can talk to that guy because he can explain it to you a lot better than I can. The faith of Christ. You now have. Christ lives in you and you have his faith. So what's holding us back? He's given us all the power. And it's just right out of the chute, right? Go to Colossians 2. We read a lot of scriptures. And, and you know, it's actually a big benefit. If you, you can kind of, I was going to tell you to turn your brains off, but I don't want you to do that. But you can turn them down a little bit because I'm not a super deep thinker like some of the guys that have been in front of me. So it's pretty real and it's practical, right? 
and, and, and we read God's word. In Colossians, or, uh, yeah, Colossians 2, verse 6, beginning there. It says, therefore, as, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so what? So walk in him. Josiah said it, right? We got to what? Put on the armor of God every single day. We got to put it on the new self. We have to make that choice every single day. Put it on. Walk in him. Having been firmly rooted now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude, right? How thankful are we that, that we now have a way in? Is it a guarantee? No. We still have work to do, right? It's up to us to walk in him. In verse 8, see to it that, that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with the human tradition, in accordance with the elementary principle of the world, rather than in accordance with Christ. Here it is. For in him, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's present tense. The fullness of God dwells in bodily form. Who's he talking about? Yes. Us. The fullness of God dwells inside of you. He's given that to us. The free gift, he says. Did we pay for it? No. Was it just somebody that paid for it? No. It was our Lord and our King that paid for it. Right? How many rulers do you see sacrificing themselves for their people? You can say it. One. Right. Zero in the world, one for us. Right? Our King and our Lord, right? And in Him you have been made complete, and He is the head over every ruler and authority. You have been made complete. The fullness of God dwells inside of us. You know how much power that we possess? See, we don't understand it, right? If we really understood the full, we have the fullness of God inside of us, we would be out there knocking doors down, right? We'd be living just like Christ. So there it is. It's your faith, right? You've heard that over and over. You have the power, right? To crush the devil. Do you believe it? The seven-headed coward is what I call him. Because that's what he is. He's a backstabber. He likes to come at you from different angles. He'll never face you head on. And you have the power to crush him. When you fight against somebody that has nothing to lose, it's a different kind of fight. And I can speak from experience. So can Jeff. When you fight people on the street that have nothing to lose, it's a different kind of fight. I spend hours almost every day keeping my physical body in shape so I, so I can win. Right? So I can win. How about my spiritual body? Do we need to do the same? Because we're fighting a devil that has nothing to lose. So you better be prepared. Because he's coming. He hates this. You just put a big target on your back by showing up here just so you know. Okay? Just so you know. So accept it and be ready for it. Right? And don't back down. Right? God says that. Don't shrink back. Right? We step in there. Decided to laugh about your example there at the at the pool. Just believe me, dude. Like I get up against people that I'm like, oh man, I don't know how this is gonna happen or how I'm even gonna win, right? My favorite example is a six-five, three hundred pound Samoan that's drunk and he latches into his door frame and he's like, "You want to take me to jail? Come take me to jail." Oh, that's gonna be interesting, <laughs> right? Now I gotta tell you, I don't fight fair. <laughs> devil doesn't fight fair, right? But what do I fight to do? I fight to win, right? I fight to win. So he, he took one right between the eyeballs before he even knew what happened, right? Enough to get him to release his, his, his grip. Down on the ground he goes and he's crying by the time we're done. That's what you can do to the devil. That's what you can do to him. James 4, 7. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
What's the first part of that? That's submitting to God. That's yielding to God. And I joke because most of the drivers in America have no idea what yield is. They have no idea that you're supposed to allow the other person to go first. Right? You've all, you've all experienced that, I'm sure. Right? And we experience that as, as Christians because we don't allow God to go first. We don't submit to him. We don't yield to him and allow him to lead. We don't do that. But when we do, he tells us that what's going to happen. You're going to be able to resist the devil and he will what? He will flee. Another thing that I've had experience with. Because when people have nothing to lose, guess what? Man, they, they run, man. You talk about fleeing. They'll jump fences. They'll do whatever it takes to get away. And that's again what you, what we can do to the devil. We can make him run away like the coward he is with his tail between his legs. But you have to first yield to God. And then you can resist him. And he will flee. He will run away. And that gives us the ability to what? Whoever he's running to, what can we do? What's that? Then shoot him in the back. Okay. We can't do that. <laughs> but we can help what? We can help that next person he's going to attack. Right? And that's what we do for each other. Reward? This right here. You kidding me? When I, when I became a Christian, I loved to hunt. That's what I did. That was kind of my identity for a long time. All the guys I was hunting with, we're not hunting on Sundays anymore. What's wrong with you? Bible thumper. Now, they knew me pretty well. And they're lucky that Jesus was already starting to work his magic in me. Because <laughs> you want to call me a Bible thumper up in the mountains? Things, things might have happened. Right? Okay, fine. You know what, dude? Get out of my life. See ya. Pretty much lost every, every friend, right, that I had. But what did I gain? A brand new family that loved me and appreciated who I was and what I was trying to accomplish. Or what Jesus was trying to accomplish through me. Right? I got two of my very best friends right there. And this guy was praying that somebody would come into the church that had the same interests as him. No, no idea, right? <clears throat> Jeff and I are best friends. Don't no, I are best friends? Guarantee you don't want to mess with any one of the, either one of those two guys. Because you have to go through me first. And you ain't going to do it. It ain't going to happen. But that's, that's the reward. Right? A new family. The church. That's why God set it up. We need each other. Why is he saying we need to assemble together? We need the fellowship. We need to do all that. He says it over and over because he knows that's what we need. We just got to listen. But first, we got to know. We got to hear it. Hearing comes by faith and faith by what? The word of God. Right? How important is getting in here every single day? Now, I know some of you are like, man, guys set up their time. They get up in the morning like Bill talks about all the time. Like, gets up in the morning, man. He's dedicated. He reads. He prays. That's not me. Okay? And that's okay. God didn't design me that way. You know what? God knows that. <laughs> because who created me? You know, he did. He knows. So, I got a pocket Bible. You know, there's times I'm working 16, 18-hour shifts in that patrol car in and out. Got my lunch, lunch pail right here. Guess what's in that thing? No pocket Bible. So what do I have to do? 10, 15, 20 times a day. Right? And I have a chance. If I'm struggling, grab it. And it's just what? Sometimes it's just what? Just one verse. All I'm doing is opening this thing up and reading. God talking to me. And that's all I need. Right? To continue on. I've done some, had the pleasure of being able to do some actor shooter training with some, a lot of our cops. And it's really all about presence and mindset, right? Active shooter stuff, some people, it scares, right? Because they're going in, man, and they don't know. So when you set up a scenario with them, I ask them, I'm like, are you ready? Are you ready? And when they're like, I'm like, no, you are ready. 
You're better trained, you're smarter, you're tougher, you're better than that guy. Go in there and kill him. That's what you need to do. That's your mindset. It's not, I don't know if I can. I don't think I can. I don't know. No. You can. You go in there with the mindset that you're going to win. And you go in there and you take him out. And it's the same thing with the devil. What's your mindset with him? Is he better than you? Is he smarter than you? No. You possess the fullness of God inside of you to overcome. Use that power, right? That's the reward. Have the presence, right? And sometimes we, we don't think of, of uh, re, you know, the rewards that I've, that I've come up with are maybe a little bit different than what you're thinking, but these are what work for me, right? These rewards that we have. You talk about a warrior, the warrior mindset. I've talked about that before. We have the greatest example, the greatest example in Jesus, right? The greatest warrior that ever was or ever will be. And that's our Lord and our King. I have stuff all over my house that talks about warriors. And it's twofold, right? It's because of what I do in a physical sense here on this earth, but also, more importantly, what? As a Christian, right? That I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior for Christ. Right? I have a couple of them. You know, it says, fate whispers to the warrior, you, you can't withstand the storm. And the warrior whispers back, I am the storm. We are the storm. That's going to take out the devil. Right? It says, out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets. Nine are the real fighters. And we're lucky to have them because they make the fight. But the one, the one is a warrior. And he will bring the others back. That's who Jesus is for us. And that's who we need to be for each other. And how about snatching those from the fire? We're going to get there too. You know, Hebrews, Hebrews 12, and you know, a lot of people go to Hebrews 12. And you're like, man, it's such, such an overused... And everybody uses it, you know. But how important is it? I love Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, right? I love that. Oh, I can read that 10 times a day, every day. Every single day I could do that. I hope you have that mindset too. But just in verse 3, right? This is our king. For consider him, consider Jesus who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. So What? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You want to talk about a reward? Following a good example, right? Hopefully that we're good examples for our kids. Did you ever have somebody that set a really good example for you? And you wanted to follow that? That's super important. Jesus did that for us. He's the greatest example for us. And again, it... It's not just somebody, it's our Lord, it's our King that came and sacrificed himself. You know, hemoditrosis is a real thing. Sweating drops of blood is a real physical human thing that happens. So when we read about Jesus sweating drops of blood, that's an actual physical thing that happens to the human body. Under great stress. It's been seen in soldiers that know when they step out, wherever they're stepping out of, when the door opens up, they're going to die. And they know it. And they know it. They know in the next minute they're going to be dead. And they've seen that. They've seen those soldiers sweating drops of blood. It's a, it's a real human thing. So how much stress was Jesus in in the garden? Right? He's sweating drops of blood for us. Right? And it was decision time. And as Jeff has pointed out, it's been awesome. You know, the devil's there, right? Because he's, he's going to take advantage of that at that point in time. Right? And Jesus has a decision to make. 
Does he love and respect his father and do what his father asks him to do? Or does he go home? 72,000 angels, right? They're wiping out everybody and taking Jesus back. But what did he do? And God, what was God's answer? Oh, send an angel and strengthen you. And so Jesus what? Set his face like flint. Other times you need to set your face like flint. And walk as Jesus walked. Every day for me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I know you guys all struggle. We all struggle. There's no doubt about it. God says it. Right? So I know what's happening. For me, it seems like it's just every day. And part of it is because of what I do. But I know that God wants me there. And those people need to see Christ in me. Not only people I work with, but the people I'm dealing with. Right? Jeff helped me with that. Because there was a stage two years into, into this career, and I hated everybody. And I, I was open about it. I was preaching. I hate everybody. But, and I don't really want to care to talk to you people either. You know? Like, oh, wow, that's very loving. Thank you, Brother Brian. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? You, why don't you change your mindset about what you're doing? Right? Those guys, are, they're stuck in the back of my car. <laughs> they're in handcuffs great opportunity they ain't going nowhere right and so we start I just start talking now you got to be careful especially if they're being recorded now so we just talk there's an old saying right Jeff that's what we use there's an old saying that says and we quote scripture there's an old saying that says they have no idea what they're listening to and some of those guys, maybe I fought them. And we get, we get in there and into the, into the pre-book area. And I got them in, there in tears. Right? And I'm trying to encourage them to, to continue to do better. To continue to work. Right? Try to get out of this. There's somebody that loves you. You are worth something. When you give somebody value that has really never had value, that is so huge. When I tell them that, you have value. Somebody loves you. See, that to me is a reward of being in Christ, of fearing the Lord, that I can help that person. And I was sharing with somebody, and I've shared it before. You know, I'm on a, I'm on a traffic stop one day in the middle of the night, because I work at night, and I'm in the darkness. I hear, hey, Brad! He's yelling at me. You know, hey, Brad! Like somebody's yelling in the dark, you know. They have a flash on like, oh, there he is, guy that had arrested, you know, a couple weeks prior. It's been four days. It's been four days. And four days since he'd done drugs. And he was so proud of that. Because I'd given him what? I'd given him some value. I give him a few words of encouragement. Right? That's what we can do for people. That's a reward, right? So we have Jesus who gave it all for us. You think about that last day. And we're standing before Jesus. You know, one of the greatest rewards, at least for me, is two words. Two words that God says are going to be uttered. Well done. Well done. Can you imagine hearing that from our king? Well done. Man, I look forward to that day. If that doesn't spur you on to make it so God can tell you, well done. The fight was worth it. Everything you went through, well done. That's the reward we need to be looking for. 
man, four to that day. And I joke on that day that there's going to be a giant dog pile right there. I don't know how he's going to stop me. I don't know if he can stop me. But I, if I can get him on the ground, I want you joining in. Okay? We're going to dogpile Jesus right there. Right? Because what happens? You see that all the time in sports, right? Who gets that? Who's at the bottom of the dogpile? The guy that made the great player did whatever. You know what? He did it all for us. I want the, I want the dogpile on Jesus, man. So, you know, we love him, man. We're so thankful. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for us. Thank you for this beautiful. I don't know what heaven's going to look like. I think I saw a piece of it yesterday. I'm seeing a piece of it now. I know there's going to be a lot of you there with us. The sad thing is, though, I think it's going to be a little more empty than what we think. We got a lot of work to do, right? We got to, we got to snatch those from the fire. Well done. That's going to be a great reward on that last day. When you look to that, well done. I think about that a lot. How about hope? How about hope? Is hope a reward? Were you hopeless? I was hopeless. I was a divorced man with, with two small children. And it wasn't like I was a, like a jerk before. I just worked a lot. I was running sawmills. Every one I ran was an hour and a half, one-way trip. And I was working 12, 14 hours, seven days a week for the most part. And my first wife was like, man, you, you, you got to get home, dude. Like, you're not home. Yeah, but all I'm doing is working. I'm trying to provide for my family. Like I'm not drinking or partying or doing anything else, man. I'm just working. And I came home one day. Half the stuff was gone out of the house, and my kids were gone. Oh, what happened? She already had her own apartment. She's gone. That was it. Done. There, there. When you talk about no hope, I'm, I'm, I'm laying there on the on the bedroom floor, and my chest is like hurting. Right? And I'm just, it's just hurting. I've no idea why it's here. Am I having a heart attack? What's going on here? You know? No idea. It's just the pain of like, wow, I just lost that. It was almost overwhelming. And being hopeless, right? Being hopeless. And I see it every day in people. And there's no hope. People don't have hope. We can bring that to them. And that's a huge reward for us. In Romans 15, 4, it says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Hope. Right? And we have hope. We know there's more than just this world. There's more than just this. Right? There's so much more out there for us. Waiting. Right? That, that last day. Man, I'm, I'm, I think I'm at the point in my life, so I don't care, man. I don't care if I die. My wife does. I don't. She's like, you can't die? What are you doing, man? You know? I'm like, well, I don't want to die. But, you know, if it happens, why? Because I know where I'm going, right? Because I'm doing the things that God... Now, am I doing it perfectly? No, I'm not. Right? And that's when... Another reward for me is that God, what? God knows my heart. That's, that's a huge thing for me because a lot of times I'm not doing the right things. I'm not saying the right things, but God knows. You know, you brought out David, man, right? David, whoo, what is wrong with you, boy? Like, how can you not see that? Well, we do that too. Maybe not to that extent, right? But what does God call David. A man after what? His own heart. After God's own heart. Because God what? God knew David's heart. God knows your heart. That's huge to me. That, that, that I know that God knows my heart. Because there's times I ain't perfect. And I don't do the right things. I don't say the right things. And sometimes I slide backwards. But God knows that I'm trying. Right? And he knows my heart. 
That, to me, is a great reward. He knows I love him and I'm thankful. And though I don't always show it, I am. You go to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 3. So we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints, because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also it is bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard it, understood the grace of God and truth, right? Hope. Reserved for you in heaven. Well, you talk about rewards, right? Go to Titus. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people, instructing us to de deny ungodliness and worldly desires, and to live sensibly, righteously, and in a godly manner in the present age. Looking what? Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? Who gave himself up for, for us to redeem us from every lawless deed. And purify for himself a people for his own possession. Eager for good deeds. We're looking for that blessed hope. Right? I've always said, man, I would love to be on this side when it happens. Right? It's not up to me, though. We know it's up to God. But how cool would that be to see the sky split and here he comes, man, riding in. And, and we're going to be like what well, we're celebrating, man. It's over. It's done. We're going home. That's going to be a great day for us. Right? I look forward to that day. And we're looking forward to that, that hope, the hope that we have. First Peter. Chapter 3, verse 13. And who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be in dread. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, but with gentleness and respect. Right? The hope that is what? In us. The fullness of God dwells within you. You are that warrior. Seeking to save the lost. Is that a reward? How, how rewarding is it to help people? Is it rewarding? Like when you do something for somebody... How rewarding is that? Isn't that awesome? Amen. We sacrifice for other people, right? Because we know, right? There's, 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 only, there's only two options. And, and that's been brought out, right? Go to Luke chapter 15. I, I really didn't care for um, Kirk Parks and his... And his, well, I have to jump for joy? <laughs> that's that's kind of not me, Lord. What do you mean? You know, Brian, you want to come up and show us again? Okay, all right. Um, I wouldn't make you anyway. Jumping for joy. And I'm like, jumping for joy? We're going to get there. Let's go to, in, in, verse, in chapter 15, verse 4, as we talk about seeking and saving that which is lost. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and is lost one of them, does not leave the other ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he puts it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance, right? The rejoicing. That's the reward to be able to go out there and do that. And, and how's that happen, right? 
Well, you got to get the log out of your own eye before you're working on the splinter in somebody else's eye, right? So to understand that, it starts with us so that we can go out, right, and save others. Snatching them, as we're going to read in Jude, go there. Seventeen. But you, beloved, I remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were saying to you in the last time there will be mockers following after their ungodly lusts. Their own ungodly lusts, right? These are the ones that cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others. Snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. That's the reward. Saving others. Aren't you thankful that somebody took the time to save you? To teach you about Jesus? Man, I'm so thankful. You talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I didn't know what I was seeing. I didn't know what I was seeing in, in high school when I was looking at Bill Compton. I had no idea. But every day he got up and, and he determined what? To put on that armor. To love and respect his father and live that life. And he saved my life because of that. How much power do we have? Fifteen years went by. Why was I drawn to him? That's the power that we possess to change people's lives. To snatch them from the fire. I had no idea that I was headed for the lake of fire. No idea. He was. He knew. And he chose to live it. And then excited. Excited when I called. Right? <laughs> Whoa, no way. Sharon answered the phone. That was the days of caller ID and phone books, by the way. Some of you may not even know what that is. Um, <laughs> no way, this is Brian Bragg. 15 years. She answered the phone that way. And I tell you what, that's the only way that that, that would have worked. And God knew that. You don't think God's working in everybody's lives. You're wrong. He set that up 15 years prior. And I called, and it was Sharon, the one that answered the phone. He set that up. And she knew, right, or he knew that she needed to answer the phone that way. Because she'd been like, oh, no, Bill's not here right now. I'd have been like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. Right? But that totally what? That works for me. That broke the ice for me because that's, that's, that, that, that's me. Right? No way. This is Brian Bragg. Yeah. Man, I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, Bill gets on super excited, right? Hey, man, how's it going? You know? Like, not good. <laughs> you know? It's, it's bad. I need some help. I don't know if God's the answer, but... And he's like, yeah, man. Individual Bible studies. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. Guess who was sitting there in that... In that it was a Monday night. It was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, uh, the college-age Bible study that, that Bill does with the college-age group. And who was sitting in that, in that living room when I made that phone call? Preparing herself. But Justine, you don't think God's in charge? You don't think God's got it all worked out? You're wrong. God's got it all figured out. We just gotta, we gotta join, man. We gotta, we gotta get after it. We gotta put it on and get after it. That's what we have to do. And the rewards will come. My goodness, the rewards will come. He wants to bless our lives. He wants to bless us. He wants to tell us, well done. Let's give him the opportunity to do that. Let him bless our lives. One I, I really enjoy talking about, too, is that, you know what? I love winning. And it's like kind of over the top for me a little bit. Like, you know... Kids, kids, my, my little boys, right? Like even when, when, when Ty was like seven or eight, like he beat me at Mario Kart. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> okay, well, you know, so, and I just couldn't beat him anymore. 
And, and, and I'll be honest with you, there might have been a time or two remote went flying, I don't know. <laughs> it just slipped out of my hand, I, I don't know. And the other two boys grew up and I'm like, I can, I can still smoke them. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're four, you think you're good? <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you right there, man, look at that. And then guess what? Who takes laughs most of the time now? Oh, it drives me nuts, right? Just said they had a good teacher. I love winning. I hope you love winning because you've chosen the winning team. How awesome is that? There ain't no participation trophies here, brethren. Amen. There, there, you ain't getting a ribbon for just showing up. That ain't, that ain't happening, right? You've already chosen the winning team. Now be part of that team. Do your part that God has called you to. We've already won. The devil is destined for the lake of fire. He's going there and he knows it. Let's make it happen quicker. We can hasten the day, God says. We can. And that's us living it and snatching those from the fire. So what's the, 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 the biggest reward, right? You know, there's, there's a ton of them. But ultimately, it's what? Eternity where? In heaven, right? Are you looking forward to that day? I'm looking forward to that day. It's going to be a beautiful. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm excited. You know, I'm excited about a new body. I heard somebody say, I want a thin one. Wow, okay, well, I don't know. We don't really know what it's going to look like. But you know what? We're going to get it all, right? And it's going to be over and done with. And we're going to spend eternity together with our Lord. How awesome is that? How hard is it to get up, put on the armor every day, and get after it, right? And have a good attitude. Have the winning attitude. Because of Jesus, that's, that's what we are. We're winners. We'll end here in Revelation, right? Revelation 22. Verse 12 and 13 says, Jesus says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to reward each one as his work deserves. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And in verse 20, he says, I am coming quickly. And I say, come, Lord, come. Thanks for listening.